0: Every person. It is the person that, that, that describes you as a person, right? So that when they go inside, it, let's say, like, you know, we're all gonna die, nobody makes it out this thing alive unless when unless Jesus Christ comes back and raptures us up, right? We are all or none of us is gonna make it out alive. It's just a fact, unless God comes back and takes us, which the Bible says he's going a lot of us is gonna be alive when he takes us. But the thing is, when they cut you open and they look for the real jazzy, right? We're going to find Jazzy tonight, right? Let's just say, bam, they, you know, they, they open her up or whatnot. And they're looking for Jazzy. They are not going to find like a little cartoon Jazzy in there. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It's not going to be like a little Kayla in there just doing like, hey, you know what I mean? Just dancing and singing like, this is Kayla. What's up? And this, you know what? It, that is not going to happen, right? Because it's, that's, that's not you, but the center, your heart, right? Your soul, if you will, the center of your being, that is who you are. This is just a shell. But tonight, we want to get to the center of our being. And right now, I want all of us, if you can put your hand on your heart, even if if your heart is a little bit slightly to the right, as mine is right. I'll put my hand right here just for, you know, so you guys can know I'm on my heart, right? I want you guys to close your eyes right now. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to close my eyes. I don't want to fall. But close your eyes, right? Including you, Joshua, right? And just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, deal with my heart. Speak to my heart tonight in jesus name amen and i'm gonna pray real fast father have your way tonight god deal with my heart as well god i pray lord god almighty that you will give me the words to say god and allow me to preach this message with all clarity and transparency lord god so that we could all understand what thus says the lord god i pray lord have your way tonight god open up hearts open up minds god give us understanding give us wisdom give us knowledge insight revelation of your word god have your way tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen and amen. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ. This is what the Word of God says. Jeremiah 17.9. This is in the King James Version. This is something about our hearts. And this is what it says. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. That is what the, how the Bible describes all hearts. It is deceitful above all things. It is just some things, right? All things, right? It is just like this deceitful when it comes down to the opposite sex. And like, man, like it could be real deceitful then, right? Is it just deceitful when like your lust kind of riles up or whatever? And it's like, ooh, ooh. Is it just, just that? No, it says it is deceitful above all things. All things. We have a deceitful heart if you haven't been born again and given a new heart, right? And it says, it is beyond cure. You cannot be cured of this deceitful heart. And The King James Version goes on and it says, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When you read a scripture like this, you have to automatically at least for myself, I automatically think about how can we tell another person hey James, follow your heart, bro. Think about that. We didn't lie in this scripture, right? How can I go to Jazzy and be like, Jazzy, follow your heart, girl. You just follow your little precious heart. You just, you just do the thing, right? Go over here and it's like, Kayla, you just follow your heart. You go, on, you, you go on Facebook and you follow your little heart, okay? Listen, that is the same thing as telling Kayla and all the ones that use example, everybody in here, listen, why don't you go on ahead and continue to be wicked, continue to allow yourself to be deceived and deceitful, continue to do all these other things when I tell you go follow your heart. That is the equivalent of saying that. And so now I want to put it on our heads, right on the front of our brains, to never tell anybody else, just follow your heart. Because when you tell that to the other individual, they're going to do just that. And their little precious little heart is going to lead them to wickedness and sin. Not only that, it's going to lead them to deceitful ways. They're not only deceiving themselves, but they will begin to deceive other people because all they're doing is following their hearts. A lot of us do that in relationships, right? Even in marriages. Dude, just follow your heart. Follow your little heart. Follow your little beating heart. And then the thing is, we do just that. And it's like we start making wrong decisions, real impulsive decisions. We start making decisions not based upon the Word of God. No. We start making decisions based upon a heart. Well, I feel like I love this person so I'm just going, going to give up my virginity or something, or I feel like, you know, I, I love this person, so, you know, what I mean, I'm, a, I'm going to leave church, or I'm going to leave elevator, man, I'm just going to go on ahead and just hang with this person, or I'm going to be with this person, I'm going to follow my heart, because today, my heart is, you know, my stomach is having butterflies, and it's like, I, I never experienced butterflies before, right, Yesenia? <laughs> I never felt butterflies, right? And so the thing is, instead of following the Word of God, we can easily follow our wicked heart. And so I want us to understand that we've been talking about the war within us for several weeks now, right? You guys been here? A lot of you guys been here since it started, right? It's been an awesome series. I've been getting rocked by it. But we've been talking about this thing called the war within us for several weeks now as we journey through the book of James. (laughs) James is... He, as we know, is the stepbrother of Jesus, and at first he wasn't a believer, but then after that he got saved, and he became a straight-up Jesus freak. They were even saying that James became one of the prominent leaders in the Jerusalem church. I mean, the man has some juice. He became a straight-up Jesus freak fanatic warrior for God, and one of his letters made it into the Bible, and this man, go, he cuts straight to the chase, and he starts challenging us to look within ourselves and witness and deal with the war that is going on that keeps us from receiving and living the way the Lord would have us to live while being in a relationship with God. He's given us hands-on tools, hands-on equipment to live a life that God would have us to live. And before he can get to all the juicy stuff, he attempts in the first half to get rid of the basic stuff or to at least allow us to see what the basic stuff is, and that was the war within our minds. And so we see that much of the battle and war comes from our minds that in turn affects the way we listen, speak, and how we respond, and that with anger that does not produce the righteousness of God. Anybody, anybody remember last week's sermon on anger? right? Anger a real crazy thing, man. It begins to take control of us, right? That we end up saying real hurtful things. We end up doing real hurtful things. And most of all, we never produce the righteousness of God. We actually produce the opposite, which is unrighteousness of God. And what that is basically is we just start living and doing things that are not in right standing with God himself. And so we learned that last week. And now we learn that we need to be quick to listen to the word and voice of God. To be slow to speak and making sure it is not to tear down, but to build people up. And lastly, to be slow to anger and not controlled by it, because anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Anybody deal with anger this week? Right? James, James was almost scared. He's like, dude, I don't even know if I say it, because I did some crazy stuff with anger, right? But anybody else deal with anger this week? On this side, you could be real. It's okay. I'm not going to throw the mic at you and stuff. But anger is a real thing. We have to get this thing in check. And so if we don't get it in check, anger begins to check us and control us. That we start thinking we have rights. And so you're not going to talk to me in any old kind of way. You're not going to cross my path any old way you want to cross it. Oh, no, my anger is not going to let you do that. I'm a man. All right? Or in your case, like, look, I'm a girl. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't going to do that. I'm not that girl. I'm not, you know, this, that, and the other. Whatever, whatever title you have. I'm, a, I'm your father. I'm your brother. I'm your uncle. Whatever. You're not going to cross me like that. And not too far from there. Anger starts taking over. You start seeing pride come out and all type of things come out. And so it's not a matter that we cannot be angry. It's a matter that we cannot allow anger to cause us to sin. Do you guys understand that? Not to allow anger to cause us to sin. Now today, James is going to have us to go deeper, deeper than last week's anger. That is an outside means to sin. See, anger, the only way for me to know that you're angry, I have to see you angry, Right? Like, the only way to know that Jay's angry, we begin to see Jay angry. You guys are with me? Pretty, pretty simple stuff, right? Like, when, when, when Oscar's mad, we will be able to see that he's angry. When we are mad, people will know that we're mad, right? Some of us have different faces. Some of us start kicking stuff. Some of us start cursing. Some of us grabbing stuff. We're throwing it. We're punching walls. We're disrespecting our parents. You know, the list goes on and on. You guys know what I'm talking about? So from the outside, we can see that you have an apparent and obvious sin problem with anger. And it's just outside sin. It's basic things. Like, dude, you're smoking weed. You're pretty bogus. Dude, you having sex outside of marriage? You're, this basic stuff. We can see this. Outside sins. You guys are following me, right? You smoking weed? Dude, you smoking weed. You're, like, what are you doing? Like you're bogus. You know what I mean? All these other things we can see from the outside and tell you or you know, anybody can tell you, dude, you're not living the way God would have you to live. We can see it. And so anger last week dealt with outside sinning when it came down to anger and the way we deal with other people or uh, inter-relationships with other people in those communication opportunities that we have. And they come off when anger kicks off, Very, you know, we tear people down, very prideful, very opposite of what God would have. But James was telling us and dealing first with those obvious sins. How many people have some obvious sins in your life? Nobody raised their hand like, dude, I ain't, we got one person, not going to say his name, but one person raised his hand like, dude, seriously, I have obvious sins, right? Thank you, brother, for being real. Let me try this again, right? For all you, like, all you opposite people, I guess, right? Everybody, like, born again in this place, and we're just chilling with Jesus. Anybody else dealing with some obvious sins? I will point you out in a heartbeat, man. Anybody else? One, two, three, four, five, right? You can raise your hand. You got scared. It's okay. Obvious sins, right? No? We're going to have to talk to you later on (laughs) to find this out, man. Obvious sins, right? Anybody curse? Anybody curse? Do I got to speak this in Spanish? Does anybody curse in here? Like what? Anybody, right? We got to keep it real. But some people don't curse. It's okay, right? Anybody lie? Obvious sins, right? Anybody steal? Anybody steal? Y'all know you went to the store today and took some candy from that store, bro. (laughs) right, right, anybody dishonored your mother, your father, right, you dishonored your mother, your father, you didn't obey them, you just treated them, right, hands, these are obvious sins, I just went through the Ten Commandments, anybody use God's name in vain this week, right, keeping it real people, got some people using God's name in vain, these are obvious sins, obvious sins, like, dude, you're doing this, like, duh, you're doing this, it's obvious, right, but James wants us to go deeper than that, See, last week he expected us to deal with these obvious sins. But this week he wants to deal with the sins that nobody else knows. The sins that are kept inside the heart. And so to the inner sins that affect us daily and how they become the ammunition. Listen to this. The sins, the inner sins that affect us daily, they are the ones that become the ammunition for the war within us that stop us from accepting the word of God that is waged in our hearts. It is the war within us that comes from the heart. You see, and these are sins that nobody else sees. These are sins that if God put a flashlight on, right, that's just kind of see through you and kind of exposes them, we would run. We would hide, right? We would try to find the darkest corner, the deepest depth so we can hide so we would not be exposed from this kind of stuff, right? How many know what I'm talking about? All right, this is real stuff. And so, therefore, I want us to read James chapter 1, 21 is up down the board, and this is what it says. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Do we get rid of some of it? What does it say? All of it, right? Let's try that again. Get rid of moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. The word prevalent means accepted, widespread. This one of the for, synonyms for uh, prevalent is common or everyday use. Do you guys see this? Evil that is so prevalent or so common or so used every day in our culture that we consider is okay. And so it says, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Where is the word planted at? In you. If you've been coming to elevate for even two weeks, the word of God is planted in you. Believe it or not, it is inside of you. There is a seed of the Word of God that is trying to burst forward and grow and grow and grow. It is the Word of God, that same Word that can save your very soul. It is the Word of God. And so, therefore, I want us to break down real fast the word therefore. Therefore is just similar to wherefore. It's therefore, since what happened in above that, which above that we talked about, since man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God but goes against it, we are commanded to do the following. See, James goes from an outer sins that affect others due to our anger to internal heart sins that affect us daily. He wants to go on the inside. He wants to deal with the very person, the very being of us as individuals, that person. He reminds me of somebody named Jesus. When Jesus Christ interacted with other people, he didn't hesitate to play patty cake with you. When you came to him, he put his finger right on the very being, right on the very issue or the very thing that keeps you from him. He will put his finger on that and he will call it out. What about this? The Samaritan woman, when she was sitting at the well and they were getting water, and when he started talking to her, he put his finger right on it. He says, no, you had five wives or five husbands. And the husband that you're leaving with that you're laying with right now that's at home, he is not your husband right now. And she was like, oh man, he just put me on blast. Some of you guys will stone Jesus just like they did if he put us on blast, right? We'll stone him. Jay's like, dude, yeah, I will stone him, right? Listen, Jesus Christ is trying to get to the center of our being. He must deal with us so that his word can grow within us. Literally grow within us to save our very soul. And so James goes from outer sins that affect others due to our anger to internal heart sins that affect us daily. And this is the first thing that he says right after therefore. He says, get rid of. Get rid of. Does he say like, I'm going to take it from you at this point? Does he say like, hey, call the pastor. He's going to get rid of it. And No. What did he say? He's talking to the individual believer, brother and sister in Christ, and he's telling us, get rid of rid of. Get rid of it. Because at this point of the game in James, he already assumes that we know what, is, what he's talking about. He already assumes that we know that the light has already been shined on us. The mirror is there. We've been hearing the word. We heard about our word experience or our word sins, and now we're hearing about internal sins, and he's already saying you must get rid of it. It's not the fact that Jesus can't take it from us, it's the fact that if we're willing to get rid of it in the first place. That is our problem. That is the main issue that Jesus is trying to get to. You say, man, I want to be a child of God. I really want to, I really want to live for God. But I don't want to get rid of these things. I want the Word of God. You come every single week. You, you sit here at this altar. You cry and you tear. even some of you guys that had came and talked to me myself and said, I want Jesus. I want these things. But inside your heart, you never say, but I don't want to get rid of these things right here. I don't, I, I don't want to stop committing certain things. I don't want to stop, you know, uh, doing certain things that my body likes or that gives me identity or for that matter, gives me a default when I'm going through pain. You see, because these very hidden sins that are inside our heart, these are the very sins that we run back to. The reason why many of us don't want to give it up is because whenever we're going through that thing, through whatever heartbreak, self-pity, low self-esteem, whatever it is, our flesh defaults right back to those things that are in our heart. And so then we won. And I'm telling you, I dealt with this myself when it came down to like, things like anger and, and then, uh, immorality and things like that. I dealt with that. And the thing is, I was afraid to get rid of it because I thought it was a part of me. I thought it was part of my identity. So then when I say, if I get rid of anger, then who will I be? For some of you guys, is if I get rid of pornography, then what will make me feel good? If I get rid of cursing, then who would I be? How would I show this person that I'm not playing anymore, right? If I get rid of whatever that spot is, whatever you put in there, you know what you're dealing with, whether it be cutting yourself, whether it be in your room acting a a fool, whatever it is, disrespecting people, making sure that you act all tough even though you know you're not tough, whatever it is, pride, whatever it is in that little blank space, you put it there, and then you ask yourselves, right? It It comes to the flesh. Who would I be if this thing is gone? And see, it gives us the answer that We're going to get the, and I already gave, I already gave the answer in the beginning. The person that you will become will be the person that the word, that the word of God will begin to grow inside of you. It will be Jesus Himself. It will be one who is like Christ, one who is being created in His image and likeness. Listen to this. It says, see, it is one thing to get rid of the outer sins that are seen by others and still have sins hidden in our hearts that affect our overall growth and desire to grow. And so God commands us to get rid of two things, moral filth. And the second one is the evil that is so prevalent, that is so common in our life. He is not, he's not cutting any corners. He's not playing like, hey, I'm going to beat around the bush. No, he's dealing with the direct things. In our lives, the things that are in our heart. And listen to what it says right here. I want us to go to um, Ephesians 4, 20 and 24, if you can put that on the board. Moral filth. You see, it's one thing, before we even get into this, where I want to break down what moral means real fast. Moral filth. Moral means a person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and what is not acceptable. It is basic behavior. And see, what happens is that because we are in this world and we've been grown up, you know, in this world, whether it be the public school system, things like that, the culture around us with so much negativity, so much craziness that is contrary to the word of God. But we really don't know it yet, but that we have accepted as right behavior. See, like I know for me growing up, it was like, dude, if somebody hits you, you hit him with something else, like an object or something, right? If they talk about you, you talk about their mama. If they talk about your mama, then you go forward and talk about their grandma. If they do something to your car, you go burn their house. I mean, it was, like, it was like eye for an eye. But yet for me, it was like, dude, you take my eye. I'm taking like both your legs. Like, that's it. You are on just your knees and you're going to walk like that. Like, the mentality that we had, and we thought that that was like good behavior. Some of us, our parents is like, if you're in school and somebody puts their hands on you, you whoop that person. How many people, mama told them, told them that? right? My mama told me that too, until I actually did it, and then she whooped me for doing it. Just because, just because I got the upper hand on this person, like I'm bad now, right? So the thing is, we're raised with certain behaviors that we equated to being, hey, they're good. I'm okay with this, right? I could, I could do what I want to do with the opposite sex. It's okay. You know, for men, for men like guys who, dads who are not saved, their thing is like, dude, right? You end up, like, falling off into, like, sexual morality. You have sex or something like that. And what happens with the worldly dad? The dad will come like, dude, my boy. My boy. Talk to me about it. Right? Like, like legit. And we're like, dad, you won't even know. Like, you won't even know. You know what I mean? He's like, dude, that's what I'm talking. And then mama's on the other side, opposite, right? Like, you little, ugh, right? Mama's like more, you know, like, like that. Like, worldly moms I'm talking about. We, as parents, worldly parents, right? Not me, right? But worldly parents, right? Not me. God have mercy. Worldly parents will instill into a son and give him a high five for committing sexual immorality. For having sex with the opposite, right? With the opposite gender, whatever, right? I'm not trying to assume anybody's gender here, right? But it's like the opposite sex, right? They will give a high five for that. And you know what happens? We take that with us in life and we assume that that kind of behavior is okay, and the Bible saying no, moral field must you must get rid of those attitudes. Up to this point, we have been learning about the mindset and certain perspective of why we go through bad things, or trials and tribulations, and times of testing and approving. Right? You guys remember some of those sermons asking God for wisdom, consider it all joy. Hey, look at your humble position, and remember that God has better for you. All these other things. When you look at the wor- the world generally they literally go against all the things of the world because the world doesn't say hey look at your humble you know your humble self and consider something greater no they say no look at how great you are hey you want to be great go step on such and such that's what the world the world doesn't say consider it all joy no they say you go through a thing you find a way out if you're going through something you take care of that they don't say trust god they don't say, hey, wait on God. No, you're going to make it happen yourself. Everything that we learned so far is contrary to what the world will tell us to do, even some of our worldly friends. The, world, the Lord will say, listen, stay pure, remove, get rid of all moral filth, and the world will come behind that and say, dude, what moral filth? You're doing what you were created to do. You're a man. She's a woman. Do the thing. Or this day and age, hey, you're a man. You're attached to another man. Dude, high five. Do your thing. Hey, you love each other? Awesome. Who can tell you otherwise? You guys ever heard that yet? Right? Now they're giving sex education videos inside school, and now they're involving same-sex couples in those videos. God have mercy, right? Even if I was in the world, I still would have snapped out. They would have suspended me out of that school. I wasn't going, right? It was just rules I I was raised with. But moral filth, the very standards or behaviors that we have considered acceptable, the Bible is saying to remove those things. To become pure, deal with those things. Ephesians four twenty through 24 says this, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, listen to this, we were taught even in this church with regards to your former way of life before you got saved to put off the old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. There's that word deceitful. It's being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, right? In the attitude of what? Your minds. Can your mind have an attitude? I thought that came out of the mouth. According to the scripture, there's an attitude that your mind begins to have, And so he's saying we need to have a new attitude of our mind. It says to put off or to put on the new self created to be like who? Like God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen, what James is trying to say is that it's real easy to do behavior modifications. It's real easy to sit around here and say, hey, I'm in church. Pastor Steve's here. All my leaders are here. I'm in one on one. Listen, I know how to act. At least I know how to act now, right? You already know you come in this church and you have behavior modifications. You have made modifications to your actual behavior. So when it came down to moral filth and you considering or accepting things that were okay, you just changed a little bit and you said, well, nobody's going to know, but when I go to church, I'm not going to curse in there. Nope, not going to curse. I'm going to change that little behavior. I'm just gonna turn it off, click, it's off. That's it, right? Nobody's going to know when I go into church or whatever that I'm going to disrespect my mother and the father. Nope, I'm going to make it seem I love them. Turn that off too. And we start doing behavior modifications. Nobody's going to know that I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Hey, I'm just going to change this. Hey, this is an attitude. Huh, let me change that modification. Bam, put this in here. Download this. Turn this off. I'm good. No more attitude. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, dude. I'm blessed and highly favored. You even learn another language called Christianese. So then when we see you now, it's like, dude, how you doing? It's like, Lala, what's going on, girl? Eh, eh. We love her. Ooh, girl, how you doing? And she responds, I'm blessed and highly favored. What the? Okay, you're blessed and highly favored. Fine. Cool. We go to somebody else, like, Ashley, how you doing, girl? What's going on? And Ashley's like, hey, look, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Like, man, they are really getting this thing. Like, people are saved in my church. You know what I mean? But then what happens is that, Right. You end up at a house party, right? And in this house party, you didn't realize it, but somebody had a friend that was coming to elevate. And that friend had to be picked up by the elevator. So then all of a sudden, you know, we walk in a party. No shame in that. We walk in a party, still representing Jesus. And guess who we see in the party? We see Will. And Will's like, "Why got to be me. We see Will in the party. And guess what Will is doing? wheels all wheels you know behavior modifications they are all turned on right it's because he's not elevated elevate now so he turns them back on it's like dude i'm at an elevate click, click 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 he got all these little buttons you know what i mean you know like the buttons you go in like uh your house and the lights go off you got all these buttons you're like dude what button is off and you're like you got to try all i'm like oh that's not the one. Uh, uh, right so you got one of those things like literally like right here so when you got to elevate it's like like bam I turn all these bad boys on dude ain't nobody playing with me tonight I ain't going nobody come across me oh you turn it all on anger right on cursing on disrespect mamas and grandmas I'll leave that one off next one this one on and we just go down the list and we turn on all these things so all we're doing is behavior modification and so when we catch Will in that same party guess what Will's doing he is cursing He's getting high as whatever, smoking Afghan weed and all type of craziness, right? He's sitting there with a girl, kissing on her and stuff like that. She's grinding all on his whatever, right? Doing a thing. And then we look at him and we say, Will, Will. And he's shocked to see like, oh, man, that's my pastor. What's going on? He runs to the back. I'm like, catch you on Friday, homie. And guess what happens on Friday? Because he was so high and drunk, he didn't even remember that it was me in there. He probably thought it was somebody else. He comes Friday and guess what's all on? Behavior modification. Cursing, off. Disrespecting grandma, mom, that's off. You know, all these things off. All, 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 all the way down. Smoking weed, that is off for now, but after, after uh, Elevate, I'm going to up with such and such. I got halves in the bag, and we're going that way. So I'm going to turn that partially off because I want the desire to be there throughout Elevate. Right? And what happens is Will walks into church the same way he was the week before. Hey, Will, how you doing? Dude, I am blessed. You don't understand. I am of sober-mindedness nothing affecting the brain, no drugs, no nothing. I am sober-minded, no attitude, right? And he starts claiming all these scriptures and all these behavior modifications, but the reality is, is he really changed? Why not? What did he do? Right? What did he do? He got high, yeah, he definitely did that, right? All he did, all he did was change things on the outside So that when people look at him, they think he's good. But on the inside, when nobody else is looking, he really has all those things inside his heart. And so listen, what James is telling us. Is that we need to put off that old man and all his wrong behaviors and put on the new man with his new attitude of mind and begin to look at things the way Jesus called us to look at. And that is according to his word, that if this behavior is contrary to the word of God, this behavior doesn't turn off. No, this behavior I get rid of. Do you guys understand that? There is a big difference between turning something off and literally getting rid of it. You want to know why you continue on dealing with anger? Because you never got rid of it last week. All you did was turn off the switch because you cried up here in this altar and you shed some boogers and you said, Jesus, save me. But right after that, when you left here, anger came tempting you again and you turned the switch right back on. See, if you got rid of anger last week, you would have not dealt with it the way you dealt with it this week. It would have been different. And it's not to say like, dude, I'm completely healed. That could happen. It happened to me. But it is to say, I didn't get angry as much as I did the week before that. Something is different. I got rid of something. And so what happens is you got rid of the root of anger. You gave it the boot. We must start getting rid of things, not turning things off just for behavior modification, to pretend to yourself and be deceitful to everybody else that I'm okay. No is to get rid of it. And do you get rid of it because of my sake? Do you get rid of it because your girlfriend's sake? Right? You're like your your friend, friend girl, female friend next to you. No. Do you get rid of it because of, you know, one of your homies or a brother in Christ or or Lawrence? No. You get rid of it because you want to honor God himself for your own life. It is your own life. Listen, you're not going to stand in front of Jesus with me like, man, Lord, I'm here. Can you kill Steve and bring him up here with me because he needs to represent me? Listen, I ain't going. Leave me alone. And I ain't going to do that anyways. You're standing in front of Jesus by yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. Behavior modifications are not going to get you to heaven. It is a man or woman who has been born again from the inside out. It is a new heart that God gives us. It is a new mind that God gives us. And it's only found through Jesus Christ. That is what God is telling us. He says, stop doing behavior modifications. They're not getting you anywhere but making you worse because you're lying about it. He's saying, get born again and get rid of that moral filth and be free once and for all. Number two, evil that is so prevalent is accepted and common to us. Matthew 15, 19 to 20 says this, if I can put it on the board. He said, we must get rid of these things. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, murder. Adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Listen to this. Out of the heart come evil thoughts. Out of your heart come murder. Out of your heart come adultery. Out of your heart come sexual morality. It is what's inside your heart that begins to kill us and destroy us in your heart. So it's one thing to get rid of behaviors, but it is another thing to get rid of the very things that we hold dear to our hearts. The things that we hold on to, the things that we have made common within our lives. Nobody knows about this. I watch pornography. Nobody knows. Whenever I'm mad, I just, that's when I do it. Whenever I'm mad. It's just only when I'm mad. It just makes me feel good. Or when, you know, I'm just, I just feel alone or whatever. So, you know, I, I want to go do this. I, I go be with a boyfriend or whatever. I know we broke up. He's breaking my heart. But, you know, I get in that feeling and I just, I just want to hear his text message. I just want to call him again. I just want to hear his voice. And you know that God said, remove yourself. Get rid of that individual. And every time you go back, that was a commandment for you. You continue to sin. That is a sin you hold in your heart. And you're like, no, but I just... It's just innocent. You know, I I love him or whatever. I just, just want to hear his voice. And God is like, no, but I told you, leave that person alone completely. And so you continue to go back to him and continue to go back to that sin that's inside your heart. You have made it acceptable to you to the point that when you do it, you don't even have conviction anymore. You don't even have conviction anymore. Like, doesn't even, it's like, dude, whatever. It's like, you just keep on going. You don't even miss a beat. It's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. That's just the normal thing I do. That's just what I do. It's normal. And the Bible's calling it evil. The evil that we have made so common within our hearts. And the Bible says we must deal with the heart because out of it come evil thoughts and all these other things. And so we must understand that these are the things that affect our minds and our morals and our mouths that come from the heart due to the things we keep and store within it. And so we must get rid of these common sins we have accepted to our own constant destruction and hurts. See, believe it or not, we find identity in these very sins in our heart, but the reality is we're killing ourselves softly. That's all we're doing. It's just they don't feel so rough anymore, but you're killing yourself softly. You're killing yourself with a false smile. You're killing yourself with false comfort in these sins. You're killing yourself that is what the point is. That is what sin does. Did we not learn that? Sin equates to death. It, autom- it, uh, it automatically or uh, I'll say ultimately ends in death. And it may, not be sp- it may not be physical death. It may just be spiritual death. Why can't I pray anymore? Why don't I have a desire for the things of God anymore? Why can't I just go to church faithfully? Why can't I put God first anymore? Why is it like I had disdain it? Like I, I don't like it anymore. Well, why don't you look in your heart? Because nine times out of ten is a heart issue. It's what's in your heart. And so we must deal with our heart. The war within us is in your heart and James has gotten to a point where he's saying get rid of not just the outside appearance of sin not just the attitudes not just the the behaviors but listen deal with the heart deal with all moral filth, all evil that you have made common and you use and then everyday use and use to these sins that are in your heart get rid of them look at your heart and let God deal with it when we get rid of the above we can then do the last thing and this is what it says Humbly accept the word planted in us that saves us. Listen, family, man, and that's what I consider you guys. We are family here. Pride, that pride from the above things keeps us from humbly accepting the word. You see, every Friday we are getting the word. Some of us are doing it, you know, at Life Group, you're getting the word. Sundays, you're getting the word. You know why that word can't stick in there? Why it can't grow and do what it's supposed to do? Because we're so busy dealing with the things that are above, the moral filth and the evil that we have called common in our lives. Because we don't allow God to deal with the source, our very hearts. Because we're like, no, God, you can deal with the outside of me. You can deal with, like, the cursing and, you know, these little things, what little behaviors, attitude and anger. Deal with that, God. But no, oh, you, this closet right here, yeah, that says do not disturb, do not enter, you cannot go in that closet. That's my closet. That's mine. Nobody goes in there. Only I go in there to pull out the things so I can use it for whatever I want to use it for. Then I put it back in the closet and I close the door. And see, God is knocking and He's saying, will you let me deal with your heart? Would you get rid of these things in this closet so that my word can grow inside of you and save your life? Will you allow God inside of you? If we can go to Matthew, right? This is a long section about the seed of God's word. And I want, I want you guys to listen to this story because I want you guys to ask yourself, what kind of heart do I have? What kind of heart is inside of me, right? I'm going to go there real fast. This thing is okay. It's in Matthew, we got 13. Listen to this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, listen to this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, sea fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, thirty times that was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Jesus described different hearts in this scenario. The seed that was sown was the seed of the word of God that was able to save these individuals. Some of these individuals, they grew a little bit, but then the birds came and ate it up. Some of them grew on rocky grounds, but what happened was because there was no soil to dig themselves deep, they went up quickly, but then when the sun came, it wiped them out. They were gone, never to see again. And then still another one came up It fell among thorns. They grew up, and the thorns ended up choking the plants. The thorns were choking them out. The weeds began to choke them out. Still others fell on good soil. And in that soil, it grew. and It multiplied. 60, right? And see, the soil represents the heart of mankind. And see, I got a question for you guys, and it's what kind of heart do you have? Is it a heart that when the word of God comes into you, it it doesn't penetrate, it doesn't grow the way it should because your heart is one that is made of stone? Is it a heart that is choked out by the thorns and worries of life? What heart do we have? And so listen to this in closing, right? If I can go to the next portion of this. It's going to be 18 through 23. Listen to what it says. Jesus breaks down this parable, and he says this. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Anybody like that in here? You heard the word, you're like, dude, I heard the gospel. Man, I love Jesus, it's awesome, dude. He forgave me in my sins, he changed me. But look what happens though. It said it fell on rocky ground. It says, but since they have no roots, they had no lasting. The seed could not penetrate into the soil. It just stood on the surface. It said they only lasted for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. See, some of us got saved and we took it with joy. But once your family came against you, once your friends at school came against you, you quickly said, no, I can't be a Christian. No, I can't do all those things. And listen, but since they have no root, I'm sorry, verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Anybody worry about the things of this world trying to get money? It would choke the word of God outside of you. It would remove it from your heart. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times that was sown. Listen, the reason why the word of God cannot grow inside of us, even though we hear it week after week, even though we hear it at life group, even though we hear it on Sunday, is because our hearts must be get rid of. Our hearts must be dealt with that we got to get rid of the very sins that are inside of it. It is choking the Word of God. It is bringing it down. Every time the Word wants to grow, you're like, no, because I'm not ready to deal with my heart of sin. And the, and the Word of God continues to grow and grow. It starts talking to you. Tarion, don't be angry. Don't sin in your anger. And you're like, no, I want to be angry. Whatever, J, whoever, whatever you put your name, wherever is at. Listen, don't be about pornography. Don't do it. Get rid of that stuff. And the Word of God begins to talk to you, and you're like, no. I got this. I like this stuff. I like it in my heart. If we all can stand. Listen, when we do not get rid of the moral filth and the evil we have made acceptable and common in our hearts, we suppress or suffocate the Word, the seed of the Word planted in our hearts and so we stop ourselves from growing. You wonder, why do I have to deal with my heart? Why do I got to get rid of this stuff? Reason being it's because the Word of God will never grow in your life. And if you care about the Word of God, you care about Jesus, you care about growing and becoming a child of the living God, you must deal with his heart. You must get rid of that which is in there that is contrary to God. And lastly, We can never experience the saving power of the Word of God because we constantly kill ourselves spiritually with the things we refuse to get rid of, the moral filth and the evil that is so common to us. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything we do flows from our hearts. And if that sin is in your heart, if that thing that keeps the word bound, that keeps the word of God from growing in your life is in your heart, listen, you will not be able to operate in the things of God. All you will be doing is going through the motions. You'll be going through the motions. One minute you're happy, and then once you leave Elevate, you're right back to default. There's no joy. There's no no happiness. You're not smiling anymore. You're right back into that dungeon that you have put you in because of your heart. I got two questions for you guys. Will you humbly examine your heart and accept the word planted in you to save you? If everybody can close your eyes right now. Right now. Listen, I can't be real for you guys. I can only deal with my own heart. But if you love Jesus and you want his word to save your soul, listen, to save your life, If you want to stop being the person you have been up to this very point, that same person that you dare not look into the mirror to, allow God in your heart. Search your heart right now. And that thing that you need to get rid of, I dare you to get rid of it today. I dare you to put it on this altar and symbolically burn it up to Jesus and say, Lord, take this out of my heart. I give it to you, God. I get rid of it right now. Whatever it is, get rid of it. If it's a behavior, if it's an addiction, get rid of it. Get it out of your life and let the word of God grow inside of you. Give Jesus a good heart of soil that his word can grow in you and produce 160, 30, 50 times more than what was originally planted in your heart. And number two, as you're thinking about what's in your heart that you need to get rid of, that very thing that you need to get rid of in your heart and that keeps you from accepting the word of God planted in you, get rid of it. If that is you and you know, man, my heart is jacked up. My heart is black with sin. Then I want to invite you up here to the front and give your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind, God. God a heart that I can honor you with a heart that your word can grow in and he can do that for you listen he can do that for you tonight if you keep it real with yourself and you keep it real with God if that is you right now as you're examining your heart and you know listen listen you're only fooling yourself you know what's in your heart that very thing you know that you need to get rid of You may be saying, I'm not ready to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I like it too much. Listen, you need Jesus. Because Jesus can remove that from you. Jesus will give you the grace to boot that thing right out your heart. But it takes the initiative. It takes the ability. The Bible says to humble yourself. Humble yourself and receive the word of God that's been planted in you even right now. So He can save your soul. It ain't worth it. It is not worth it. And if that is you, I invite you right now. If if somebody can come and get this thing out here. I invite you right now up. Get rid of that stuff at this altar. Give your heart to God. Give your heart to God. You may think, man, this is okay. It's not that bad. And you're deceiving yourself with your own deceitful heart. Give it to Jesus. Give it to the Lord. I'm going to pray right now. If that's you, this altar is open. Come up here and give your heart to Jesus. Get rid of that stuff that's in your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, God. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth, God. I thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us deceived and thinking that we are okay when we're not, but you allow us to deal with the very person in the mirror. And God, I pray right now, God, start with me, Lord. God, I ask, Lord God, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind, God. Purify me in the name of Jesus, God. I give you all that is not of you, God. I remove it from my heart right now, Jesus. And I repent unto you, God. Lord, have your way, God. Lord, I desire that your word will grow in me, God. Lord, that your planted word will grow in me, God. Lord, that I will become the son that you want me to become, the leader you want me to become, the husband you want me to become, the brother you want me to become, God, the father you want me to be, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Lord, I accept your word. I humble myself, God. And I ask, Lord, let your word grow in me, God, have your way. Lord, I give it to you, God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, God, in your name, Jesus. If I can get some prayer workers to pray over these brothers and a sister right here.